Today is New Year's Day. I'll ask you at the outset, what kind of holiday is this for you? I mean, today isn't Christmas. It happens during what the church calls Christmas tide. Now, just as a refresher, the church believed that there believes that there are 12 days that mark the Christmas season. We have a song for that. You all know it. We mark the Christmas season as a fulfillment of Advent with 12 days of feast and gift giving. Uh, we may not do that exactly, but I'm guessing if we travel or uh, have we have get-togethers or parties of various kinds. We have friends and family in our home, or we go into other homes uh, and share and celebrate in the holiday season. And we keep singing songs, songs that say, Merry Christmas. Um, we keep up our tree, our light, and our decorations. Hopefully that you did that, or I'll have to have a, a strong word for you after the service. I really got on my mother-in-law about this. Like she, we went over there, like we had Christmas there um, midweek, and then I went over there like two days later and everything was put away. And I'm like, y'all are going to hell, man. Like, (laughs) we should not stop singing about the wonder and joy of Christmas. Um, But it is, it just so happens that today is also New Year's. And for us Westerners, that's part of the holidays. We, uh, we mark this day with what? Well, often we do it with resolutions, right? We, we look in the mirror or on a scale. I weighed this morning. I don't always weigh, but I weighed this morning just so I know where I'm at and so I can have a resolution for not being there next year. And I'll probably be over that next year. Um, but we look in the mirror or on our scale and say, this year I want to be in better shape. Or we look at our life, how we are often hurried, anxious, So we resolve we're going to slow down this year. We look at our bank account, and we're resolved to try to make it grow. We look at all the messes in our house, and we're resolved to bring some kind of order to all this chaos. Get our stuff to the dump. That's what we're saying at our house. We we look at the dust on our Bibles. Remember what Pastor Justin says, dusty Bibles lead to dirty lives. I don't say that. Where you at, man? Come on. You know I don't say that. But, like, we resolve to read it more. Now, of course, sometimes these resolutions do move us. Oftentimes they don't. Maybe we, um, sh- we, 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 we even get kind of antsy about marking this day uh, with such things. Or maybe we really embrace it. And we, we do it even more. Like, we embrace it with a word. Instead of resolutions, we have a word for the year. Danette and I did this. In fact, it led to our biggest fight of 2022, our words of the year. That's another story. We might might mark this day with black-eyed peas and collard greens or pork and tamales. We've been told they lead to having having good luck in the coming year. So today, whether you make resolutions or have a word or a plan of feasting on different foods, hoping for the good of 2023, I want to invite you into this space this morning through our scripture to do two things. First, I want you to celebrate what God has already done. We'll see this in verses 1 to 3. And then second, I want you to long for what God has yet to do. 
We'll see this in verses 4 to 6. Celebrate what God has already done and long for what God has yet to do. Okay, first, celebrate what God has already done. In verse 1, the psalmists are on the way to the temple. And as they are on their way to the, the temple, uh, the psalmist invites the people of God to sing and celebrate about what God has done. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, when he restored our fortunes, we were like those who dreamed. The, the people of God who were deported, taken away from their homes and their land, when they came home, the psalmist says, it was like a dream. Imagine being someone who had heard about the day that the Babylonians surrounded Jerusalem and burned it to the ground. You had never set foot in Jerusalem, but your parents told you about what it would be like to live there and be there. And so you grew up in a story and were shaped and formed by the story of longing for the day when you could return and when you could see the temple rebuilt and the worship of Yahweh taking place in the holy city. Imagine returning and seeing Jerusalem for the very first time or being part of a a building crew that began to rebuild the holy city and the temple set up on a mount. And as you went into the city and you saw the temple, you would sing Psalm 126. It's a psalm of ascent. My question this morning is, have you ever felt this way? Now, Danette's mom last week was so keyed up, like high high and hyper. Um, Why? Because her kids and grandkids were all going to be in her home, under her roof, around her table, sitting in her chairs, filling up her beds. And for her, at least in part, it was like a dream. Now, a couple of notes. Returning from exile is one kind of dream. And maybe a full home is another kind of dream. They are separated in kind, but not as much as we think. There is homecoming, and sometimes homecoming might feel like a return from exile, where you are deported from your home, and sometimes it, it, it just feels like the dream of returning home to your people, to the place where you're known and loved. It feels like your fortunes have been restored. And so the people of God sang this song on the way to the temple, and it might have felt like a dream, maybe because of what would happen during the feast days of the Festival of Booths or the fast days of the Days of Atonement, maybe the full city and the temple courts of Passover, like it was just a full city and there was excitement and like worship of God happening and it meant family and reunion and it meant a time to go to the market and buy and sell things and make money that you might not ever make for the rest of the year. It was fortunes restored. It was the place of dreams coming true. Now, it was also a place of mourning and lament. And this is the other thing to note. Return from exile meant that some dreams were nightmares. Now, those nightmares may have flipped, at least in part, but those nightmares were still part of the story. And in spite of the nightmare, 
In spite of the past, the ascent to the temple meant time for celebration. Now notice, what does the psalmist say? Our mouths were filled with laughter. What makes you laugh? When did you last laugh? If there's one thing I love more than anything else in the world, it is when Danette laughs. Her laugh fills my eyes and my heart. I love all my kids laughing. There are times when our mouths are literally full of laughter. I remember one time in fourth, fourth, fifth, fifth grade, Mr. Breeding was my teacher. He was an evil man. He had these glasses and he always looked down at you through or over them. And I was sitting around my friends and we had tables set in four. I did that too as a teacher. It was a bad idea. And something one of my buddies said and I could not stop laughing. And everything that squeaked out of his mouth and every other laugh made me squeak with more laughter. And Mr. Breeding, looking down at me, peering down at me angrily, said, you better stop that laughing. And whenever he said it, I'd just laugh some more. And I couldn't stop. And so at, at that point, he says, if you don't stop laughing, now you couldn't do this today, by the way, you little like Gen Z millennial kids, you didn't have to deal with this what we Gen X kids had to deal with. Mr. Breeding was like, if you don't stop laughing, I'm going to send you to the nurse's office because I think you are insane. And I laughed. And guess what? He sent me to the nurse's office and immediately my laughter turned to tears. And I went to that nurse and I couldn't get to even squeak it out. Like, he called me insane. Am I insane? I remember asking the nurse that because I couldn't stop laughing. There are times when your mouth is full of laughter. Now maybe you've heard this stat thrown around about adults. They laugh 20 times a day and four-year-olds laugh 300 times a day. The implication, of course, is that being adults, we need to laugh more, be more full of wonder and joy is this scientific? Well, the internet will tell me what I want, so the answer is, well, it depends, right? Adults do, on average, laugh around 20 times a day, but the range is 0 to 80. Some laugh not at all, and some laugh 80 times. Toddlers, while playing, laugh 8 times an hour. But when a baby is with their mother or a father or a toddler is with their mother or father, adults actually laugh twice as much as their babies and toddlers laugh. Everyone laughs more when in community. The people of God, together, are celebrating coming to the temple. This is why this psalm is placed in the songbook of the people of God, so that we might rejoice about coming to the temple, the return from exile. We were like those who dreamed and when they arrived together, their mouths were filled with smiles and laughter. And laughter does do things to us, right? It, it does enliven and change us. Research shows us that laughing reduces cortisol, dopamine, and increases endorphins and antibodies. It improves blood flow. Laughter helps reprogram the wiring of our brains, in other words. 
And this is why we need a social network where we laugh. Our friends, old friends, or new family, parents, siblings, children, spouses. It's why we should be intentional about inviting others into our life and being intentional about going into their life so that we might together have mouths filled with laughter. The people of God not only had mouths full of laughter, the psalmist says their tongues were loosed, literally, with joy. Their, their mouths, in other words, moved from laughter to delight, which erupted into praise. The Lord had, has done great things for us, and we are full of joy. Now, joy is deeper than happiness. I, I like to say that joy is in spite of circumstances. You can have joy even when circumstances might take away happiness. There is this mystery and tension here, but I think the point today is twofold. First, What they are feeling, the people of God here internally, the gift of joy, erupts in praise. And that praise is seen in the wider community in which they live and reside. The the psalmist calls God's people to be moved by their restored fortunes. I, I can't believe I'm here. This is like a dream come true. I can't believe you're here with me. I can't believe we got to do this thing together. I can't believe what God's done for us here at City Press. We're we're moved by God's fortunes, our fortunes being restored by God. And then we're moved to laughter, which in turn takes us to joy and praise. And that praise, according to the psalmist, becomes a witness They said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Now let's tease this out. When when you look back on 2022, how has the Lord restored your fortunes? How has he showed you his goodness? Now to do this well, City Press, you might need to take an inventory. And this is the one thing I'm inviting you to do as you begin the new year. Take an inventory. I did this last night. You might not care how I do it, but I do it through social media. You don't have to do it that way. But social media for me is a way to collect and record memories. I go through pictures at the end of the year and I remember. And then I express my delight and what God has done. Now, there's many other ways to do this, better ways. You can do this daily, by the way. You can, we express components of this psalm in celebrating and longing through a practice in our home called Hummers and Bummers, right? It is a regular thing in our home. If people come to become a guest and eat with us at our home, then you might be invited into the practice of Hummers and Bummers, where Each of us goes around the circle and shares one thing that's a hummer, a good thing, and one thing that's a bad thing, and that is to be collected into what God is doing in our lives, both the good and the bad. That's a very mundane, simple way to do it. Either way, we are remembering God's faithfulness, noting the ways that he is filling our mouths with laughter and joy and our lives with praise. And what you might need to do with all that is express it. Now, you know what's coming, because this is what Josh and I, you hear it from both of us all the time, right? 
The light is incomplete until it's expressed. C.S. Lewis, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. Lewis says cleverly, it is appointed consummation. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful and wonderful they are. The delight is incomplete until it's expressed. You, City Press, may need to take what God's done for you in 2022 and express and complete the delight of that by sharing it. Now second, by smiling, laughing, being in and around people whom you can smile and express that delight. So how might you express that delight? Some of you need to be intentional about people in your life with whom you can share such delights. And let me just note this, this is risky. It's risky to share precious things that have delighted you, that God has done for you. Now, there's an appropriateness to this, by the way, right? Like, nobody, I'm not calling you, nor is the song calling you to be Pollyanna. I like to use that phrase, Pollyanna people. Pollyanna is an old Disney movie. You might not know the reference, but she is always happy, always jolly. Everything is like positive, positive, positive. And there's no space or room for people to express negativity or grief. We know the psalmist isn't saying that. We're going to talk about that in the second part here. But there's an appropriateness to how you share this, certainly. But there's also vulnerability that the psalm is calling you and I too to be God's people, to express and know how God has restored fortunes. Like some of you don't tell anyone those things. We don't know if the Lord's restoring fortunes in your life renewing you because you don't share it. And what I'm telling you this morning is you're missing out and so are we, right? Also, lastly, you don't have to wait for life to be as it should to do this. Like you can do this now, even in the mess of your life, even in the tension of things that are still broken with you and broken in the world. And New Year is a great time to do this. All right, so I want to, as before we move to the second point, I want to celebrate some of the things here at City Press. Now, I normally do like a state of the church thing, but I'm not going to do that this time around. I'm going to do these two sermons, these two back-to-back weeks, and I'm going to talk about these things. So y'all are like blessed because you're here. All these people that ain't here because they're off, you know, wherever in America, they're missing out, all right? Now, we talked about this at our uh, staff Christmas dinner um, together, and we riffed about many of the things that we, we are basically, I want to just basically lead you through collectively how we should do this. And here's how we're doing it as a church. To this year, this isn't bragging, by the way, this is bound up in what God has done for us, and it is me completing my delight with you, right? So that you might praise and delight with me to God. We had our first VBS this year, and if you were here and you walked through this building, you wouldn't recognize it, and it was great. We had so many babies born again this year, and that's why so many people aren't here, by the way. We've seen a huge influx of 
new people. And those new people, some of you are them here in this seats, are from a variety of places, a variety of seasons of life, singles and families, different ethnicities. It has been wonderful. We've had great parties. Montanza, Whippo's hosting Fat Tuesdays, Spares hosting Candle Lane Candy Costumes and Cocktails. The week we had Good Friday, Easter, Presbytery the next Monday, Women's Retreat the next weekend. We did all that in the span of like less than 12 days of Christmas. One of our very own, Emily Leslie, returned and led that women's retreat. Many of our women attended that. We, we've continued to see our youth ministry meet. We've had a girls' Bible study that's starting to come out of that, which my daughter Jaden is helping lead. It's exciting to me. I was so blessed on Judson's 16th birthday when there was nearly 30 men around a circle and at least 25 of them were from our church who made time to meet with Judson and write him letters about what it means to be a man and what I specifically asked them to do to share their vulnerabilities about being a man. Men's happy hour, the change of like focus, the conversations that has happened there, men's softball team and the book club that I host. Our, our church has a book club that we've been, and we met all year. Like we start a lot of these things that happen on Sunday morning and they don't make it past, it's like your Bible reading plan. They make it like four, four months. It, it met all year. We have had an incredible capital campaign committee lead us towards the future purchase of this building. We had elders taking sabbatical and returning from sabbatical. We've had 15 deacons and deaconesses nominated. We're going to train them soon, hopefully. New city groups started. Old ones grew. 380 cinch bags with blessings. 18 more with extra items were provided for Hayes Middle School families and teachers. We launched an RUF, if you don't know what that is, it's Reformed University Fellowship. First time ever here at UNM, launched by Charlie and Noemi, who are part of our community. All the churches in north, northern New Mexico, all the PCA churches are a part of launching that. The Church Planning Network in Dallas is a part of launching that. It's been launched. The rigs continue to minister with athletes in action at UNM. There has just been an overall faithfulness by Jesus to us through change and conflict of 2021. The Lord has done great things for us. And our mouths are filled with laughter and our tongues are loosed with joy. Do not miss God's faithfulness to his people. Don't miss the blessing he offers to anyone who comes with the empty hands of faith and receives what Jesus offers, forgiveness, new life, hope. Celebrate what God has already done. And when you receive such laughter and joy, complete the enjoyment by sharing it. And then Psalm 116 tells us, lift up the cup of joy and gladness and ask, the God, ask God to do what? Fill it again. Like our culture has this idea when God blesses, well, okay, I, I've been blessed enough, God. 
Go bless someone else. No, fill it up so I can be blessed, so I can then in turn overflow with blessing to give to someone else. Keep filling us, Lord God, with joy, laughter, and delight. All right, point two. It's already too long. That's all right. Verses four to six, right? The second point is long for what God will yet do. Verses four and six speak to sadness and longing and lament. The the streams of the Negev, they sometimes flowed full and sometimes were empty. New Mexicans, you understand this, right? How a stream or a gully is full and then it's not. Verse 4 invites God's people to cry out to God to restore the flowing river of renewal to the people when they're dry and burnt out and there's nothing there and nothing left. And some of you, this is where you are today. You, you resonate more with this than the first half because you, you, your life feels like the streams of the Negev. Burnt out and dry. And so the Lord invites you to cry out, restore me, oh God, renew me. And this may be where the practice of resolution or words for the year to come forms us and helps us as God's people. It is right for you and I to long for the restoration of dreams and fortunes, for our hearts and our lives to experience the renewing grace and love of God. This is part of living in the not yet This not yet. What is it? Well, we already have so much of what God's promised. Jesus has risen from the grave. He's ascended to heaven. You might know him. You are his child. You you sit, we're told by Paul, in a place, uh, the heavenly places. Your life is hidden with Christ and God. You're made for union with him by his spirit through faith. You've been united to him. You have newness of life. And this is where the not yet comes. You have these privileges and benefits but you still feel so dry. You still have besetting sin. You still have conflict. You you make these resolutions and you still fail to meet them. There is still brokenness, friends, in this world. We are still waiting for bodily resurrection. There's tension. It's uncomfortable. We look back at 2022, and we are where we want to be. But we are where we should be, friends. What I mean by that is the not yet of what we're experiencing, the the longing for restoration and renewal is the exact needy place where you should start every year, where you should start every day. So we cry out for it. We ask for it. Here's what Jack Miller says about New Year's resolutions. If you don't know Jack Miller, just ask Dan Heron, because uh, Jack was Dan's pastor and friends. This is what he says. The only New Year's resolution I make every year is to collapse more fully on Christ. I trust his resolve, not mine. This is what the psalmist is trying to push us Back to in verses 4, 5, and 6. The words of truth, of promise, those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. So that's the funny thing about this, right? The funny thing about this psalm is that 
those whose mouths are filled with laughter, we're told, will have mouths full of joy, tongues loosed with joy. And those who sow with tears, they will also be loosed to shouts of joy. There is still weeping. He who goes on weeping, this is another way actually to bear the seed for sowing. A a way for us to return with joy and sheaves for God our King is to both rejoice and to weep. I love this so much because I have a hard time weeping. I have a hard time giving my family space to be sad. I want mouths filled with laughter, not faces filled with crying tears. But they're both a faithful expression of what God has done for us, and they're both a path to joy and delight. Tears are planted in another place in the Psalms where the Lord says, I keep your tears in my bottle. Are they not in my book? They're kept. They're kept why? So joy might be drunk down to the dregs. And the promise is a God who will bring restoration and renewal from your tears. Whoever persists, the psalmist says, in going out, weeping, carrying the bag of seed of their tears, they will certainly return with the fruit of loud shouts of joy. And so, what needs to be celebrated in 2022 And what needs to be lamented? What needs to be longed for in 2023? Now, I think about this somewhat personally for me and for you as the church, but like in my my immediate family, like there is some desperate things to long for. I've struggled with uh, my parents being uh, sick and getting old. And I need to long for both healing and an understanding way of entering into their, that part of the, their story. I mean, I think for the church, that's something to long for. There's been so much sickness for all of us in this fall, this fall and winter. There's, been, there's people that are moving this year and there's lament that will cu- a couple will, will come alongside of that. But we also like, want to raise money and buy this building and build a playground. We, we want to see more babies and adults converted and baptized. We want to continue to have new people come and be plugged into the life of our church. We, we want to continue to see relational ministry grow in our neighborhood, in your neighborhood, your city. We want UNMRUF to have full funding, regular, large, and small groups, students and athletes being converted and discipled. We want new deacons, the ministry of, the, of benevolence and projects of benevolence started, giving more away. We want to lament the ways our city and communities fail to see their need for Jesus, all the ways we remain broken by sin. So we cry out for rescue. In these places. And the last two I'll tease out next, the next, next week is we long for friendship and rest. This is how we're to live. Now, whatever our longings are, however they are expressed, whether in list or words, the orientation for any resolution, any word, is the Lord. 
And living in this posture of need for the Lord to rescue and restore our fortunes, for the Lord to help us dream dreams. For the people of Israel, the need for rescue was their constant companion. And so it is for us. The end game for our community and world is to say with the psalmist, the Lord has done great things for you. So I want you to sit in the tension. I want you to take inventory. I want you to turn to the Lord. Look back so you can look forward. What are the things to praise? Think about this individually. Think about this with your family, for the community. Share those delights. Lament. Whatever it is from 2022 that needs to be a lament, give it to the Lord. Share those lamentations. Make resolutions. Have words. Give them to the Lord. For he is the one, like Jack Miller says, that we come back to for rescue. He restores our fortunes. He turns our sorrows to gladness. He fills our mouths with laughter. He makes our going away always a circle conference for return. He causes us to reap even what we do not sow. And the context of this psalm is exile. Exile was a type of death. Israel had to die and be resurrected. Exile leads to a remnant returning to the land. From that remnant will come the one, Jesus, who will be exiled for faithfulness, not faithlessness like Israel. He will obey the law. He will do the righteous acts of God. He will suffer the exile of death. But in three days' time, God will vindicate his life and raise him from the dead. And by this, Jesus, the true Israel, saves, delivers, unites us to God and promises resurrection. And resurrection is how we know that our tears will reap joy, that we will go out always with songs of singing, and this going out will be to the world, will be a testimony to the nations that the world may know sheaves will be brought in. Those sheaves are the nations flocking to the light of the nation's Jesus. The Lord has done great things for them, so they are filled with joy. May this be our story too, City Press. Let's pray. God, help us to go out sowing even when we're weeping. Help us to keep sowing the seeds of laughter, tears, joy, and sadness. Help us to celebrate what you've done. And help us to lament and long for all that still isn't that should be. We ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.